Welcome to Famous Last Nerds, your one-stop pod for all things pop culture. Uh, Thank you for joining us again this week. Because it's recently returned to our screens with a new series, we thought we'd look back at the last few years of Rick and Morty, and we've each picked out our top five episodes which we're going to talk about. And we asked you on our Twitter account if you fancied doing the same as well. So uh, towards the end of the episode, we'll go through some of the the answers that we've had back. Um, How are you doing, Rory? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, I think we're both getting um, getting ready for Star Wars next week, aren't we? Yeah, Star Wars next week, and I'm ready for it to be Christmas, I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> for the time off associated with Christmas more than anything. Yes, exactly. It's been quite a long, tiring period of time, and it's just wet and cold and pretty miserable at the minute. So things like Rick and Morty do the business and get you through it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Between TV, movies, and the occasional game, these are the things which keep us sane. Oh, that rhymes almost. Nice. No, no, that rhymed. That, that was that was completely accidental. So we've got no question this week, but um, there's a few trailers and things we should probably talk about because uh, we haven't podcasted in a while. Um, it's that time of year when everything kind of ramps up. And there's a massive Comic Con event that's just gone on in Sao Paulo in Brazil, which seems yeah. to be big, right? Because there's a lot of things that drop there every year. Yeah. Um, it, it, even though it's it, not, it's, it's not as on the radar as, as San Diego. They there does tend to be a reveal, like one or two big reveals every year. A DC in particular yeah, really seems to like dropping. Kind of. Yeah, it seems like a DC kind of staple. I don't know if it's just when DC released their films, it just coincides with things dropping around this time of year. But yeah, it seems. I think it is because they tend to prefer the summer releases. Dropping things in November, December is much better for them than when Marvel tend to do, which is more over the summer. Marvel are a bit more consistent, aren't they? Yeah, dropping things. Well, because theirs is like two or three films a year every year. They pretty yep. much nail down the same slots year on year, don't they? They do. Yeah, they do. Um, so in terms of... So uh, probably a week or so ago, we had a Black Widow trailer, um, which looks interesting. Yeah, we, we both liked it, but a lot of people sort of weren't too impressed by it. I like it. I like everyone in it. Um, I heard that great action sequence that we only saw a small part of the... Um, one between Florence Pugh and um, Black Widow. I don't know if it's in the kitchen or you know the sequence. Yeah, when they when they keep disarming each other using the so same D- moves. D twenty three showed the whole fight sequence apparently, and obviously that's going back a few months. Yeah, um, and, and no, sir, no, um, it's incredible. No so. footage of that ever appeared online because there was a very very strict embargo. And now They're you very can see why. good at that, actually, because Star Wars, I think there was more that we've not seen. Um, obviously, this, as I mentioned, there's a lot of the uh, Marvel TV stuff that's been shown, but we haven't seen any of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, or we, we've we've heard descriptions, shown. haven't we? But it's not the same. Nobody hears a description of a trailer and goes, oh, wow, that's oh, amazing. That, it's that just... description sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for telling me all of these things. I'm so psyched now. Yeah, so, so I, I, I've just avoided it because there's there's no point in going searching for these transcripts of it because you don't get anything. Like I don't care the buzz. I don't care about a transcript. No, yeah, no, exactly. Um, trailer looks fun. Um, it's quite a you know born kind of Winter Soldier kind of crossover. It, it's definitely um, going to be a sort of Winter Soldier type affair, isn't it? Because it, it's yeah. 
that there's little to no superpowers in this. It's all just training, yeah. and, and there's going to be a lot more close quarters combat. You don't you don't imagine there's going to be many like energy weapons and things. It's going I to be they'll, more. They'll hand make to it hand. work as a non R rated film, but it's a kind of film you kind of wish it was a little bit a bit grittier. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 quite good to watch these. It, it'll probably be edgy. one of the more edgy ones within that rate and it'll be a little bit less kiddie because it's going to be dealing with some more adult things isn't it like i mean we, we've already seen a very very brief idea of what goes on yeah. in the red room where all the girls get sterilized and things like that so oh, that there's God. going to be a bit more about the the psychological damage that the process does to all of the black widows because it, it some people didn't even realize that everyone that graduates the program is a black widow so florence Pugh, yeah. yelena, yelena belova She's a Black Widow. Rachel yeah. Vice. She's a Black Widow. Everyone. Rachel Vice, hundred percent, going to be a double cross villain. It, you think? It's got to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm really so. pleased with getting her because I really, really like it. Like we've said about things like Kate oh, Blanchett, she she brings that that touch of real class. Yeah, she's always been fun actually, and she's done the odd thing like she did the mummy and various things like that. So she's done some fun stuff in the past, but yeah, yeah, she's known as being quite a serious actress, and she's done yeah, she's going to be quite interesting. It's so. like you've said in the past, the fact that she signed on for something like this should go some way to giving a lot of people confidence in the script. Yeah, I'd say so, and you know, it's it's it's. I read today that I think four superhero films this year are directed by female directors which mm-hmm. is quite an interesting um you know change um chloe Zhao is doing uh, what's the other one the eternals i believe yeah and kate shortland is doing this and you know her past is nothing commercial really it's quite indie stuff it's quite intense stuff so it's, it's good that they're bringing in people obviously patty jenkins doing wonder woman yeah um and i can't remember the other films out next year that would be Oh, it'll be the um, Emancipation and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, Harley Quinn. Um, I'm quite against that film in a minute because uh, Ramona Flowers is being sidelined completely. Um, so that's where my take on it is um, that all they're focusing on is uh, Margot Robbie. And I kind of get why, um, but I think they've already been let down in the past by um, Suicide Squad just being about her being poster child kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And she's a great actress. And obviously, if you've got it kind of, show her off but all the posters all the trailers everything is just it's just her do you know what i mean and i kind of think you know that shouldn't be what it should be about it should be a collective movie but anyway we'll see what comes of it so well it, it will i was reading some really interesting stuff the other day um from gail simone um long time um comic aficionado she i think she's she's a writer i always forget what area she actually works in and her major thing was she really revamped the Birds of Prey. Um, and she's not in any way... Affi- she made a, a big point of saying, I'm not in any way affiliated with the, the film. But she went along and she saw some of the things of how they've been doing. And all she could do is praise the project. And especially she was full of praise for Margot Robbie because she was the breakout star of, of Suicide Squad. And yeah. they pretty much, by the sounds of things, they said to her, right let's go ahead with a solo Harley film. And she was like, well, no, I don't want it to just be me. I want to do Birds of Prey. And she was the one that pushed them for um, inclusivity and things to get yeah, well, let's people hope in. And yeah. So she's, hope. She, she, she's really earned herself a lot of, you know, huge industry brownie points for the way she's acted and the way she's 
conducted herself. So they and might I, just be badly marketing it. Then, I, I'm very, <laughs> I'm oddly confident about it, though, same as I am with the new, with the. Do you not the think it's going to be Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad Mark Two? I mean, no, I, not I, that. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it will, because I do think that they've started to learn from their mistakes. I'm a bit sceptical. I just don't know. If, I don't really like the tone of it. I, I don't know. It's one of those. Everything feels like a bit of a Deadpool ripoff since Deadpool, if that makes sense. You know, it's not to be harsh, but it's hard to emulate Deadpool because it's 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 the kind of it, it got it right, didn't it? Basically. So um, speaking of which, uh, I'll just talk about this briefly, which is Free Guy, which. I don't think there's any kind of adaptation, um, but it's a kind of, it's a modern pop culture kind of film, isn't it? So it's it's a Ryan Reynolds fronted film, kind of guy living in a, a brutal kind of video game world. Um, and he doesn't, doesn't realise at first, does he? He just thinks that everything, it's completely normal that every day he goes to work and the super villains and superheroes yes. destroying the city. And then it turns out that he's living in a video game, a huge open world rpg and yeah. what a trio to be headlining it ryan reynolds and tyke waititi in the first film they've Comer. ever starred in together yeah and jodie coma and joe Carey um from uh, stranger things strange things and i mean the joke uh, in there is for a lot of people pe- some people don't realize that taika waititi was in green lantern but they have gone to such great lengths it's even become a part of their promo material now where people are asking them questions and going Wait, what do you mean? It's the first film we've been in. You, you guys were in Green Lantern, and they're putting it off, saying, "No, no, that wasn't me. That was like Tom Hanks or or something <laughs> stupid like that." And it's just become a huge in joke now that nobody wants to be associated with the film, but they're still yeah. quite happy to use it for the advertising. So they're doing it's a great send up of themselves. The guy who's directing it, Sean Levy, is quite a commercial director, but then he's produced things like he, he did six episodes of Stranger Things worked on Arrival, Spectacular Now, and then he's done a little bit more commercial stuff. So, I mean, the, the trailer has put some people off already. I think the cast and the people involved are really good. I, I thought think the it looks hilarious. Fun. Yeah, I thought it looked really funny. I like the tone of it. I thought it looked fun. Um, I just think, again, you know, I'm not trying to judge anything on trailers anymore because I just think all they're trying to do, trailers have become less about what the film's going to be like, more about trying to get people talking about it, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I think social media's kind of changed perceptions a bit. That said, before we talk about Wonder Woman, um, we had a Ghostbusters trailer um, for the Jason Reitman, who's uh, obviously the son um, of the famous director of the original two films. Ivan um, And I really like this trailer, like, a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, was I was really surprised. Really sceptical. I yeah. showed it to Michelle, and and straight away she went, "Oh, this one seems a bit darker." It's and that, Stranger that, Things. That's the first thing I picked <laughs> up on was it looks very much like Ghost Stranger Thing Busters, but that's not exactly well, a bad thing because why wouldn't you know when you hit something like that you stare into yeah. it? Well, it's got some great people involved. Obviously, it has got obviously Finn. it's got Paul Rudd. Yeah, it's got Finn Wolfhard, who is um, obviously in It and Stranger Things. So obviously it's got that kind of tone about it if he's involved. I associate him as being the kind of new, like, Corey Feldman type. Do you know what I mean? Um, Mm. He's that type of quite mouthy, quite brash. Obviously, Corey Feldman's quite famous for the Goonies and um, 
that style of film and obviously Stranger Things is is very 80s so he's his kind of natural fit and then you've got Paul Rudd who is if there isn't a better modern Ghostbusters style actor than Paul Rudd I don't know you know I, I can't place anyone better than him Do you know uh, I mean? as soon as I saw him I was like yep yeah, I'm in I'm I'm all the yeah, way up as soon to as elbows. he was cast and there was a brilliant casting he was outside the building in New York and did some joke about it and it, it really kind of fit and then Carrie Coon, who I adore, um, she's great in everything. Obviously, she had a very she's Proxima uh, Midnight, Proxima in, midnight. In, in, in Avengers, but and, she, and she's fantastic in Mindhunter. And when you watch, she's not in Mindhunter, is she? Oh, sorry, no, I always get Someone her and Anna Tov bloody yeah. mixed up because they look yeah. the same. She's in Gone Girl though, and she's in Leftovers, which she's excellent in. I know you'll get around to watching that. I eventually. will eventually when I've got everything you know, more than she eight touches minutes. is pretty much gold. She was in Fargo as well, the TV show, and she's done some really good work. So there's some really good people involved, but the trailer just felt right. You know, the tone was really good. Um, I like the style of it. I thought it was kind of on the darker side, as you mentioned, a bit kind of edgier, a bit darker. Um, I think it'll be fun though. Do you know it's Ghostbusters? So Paul yeah. is going to be just perfect. And I like the fact that they, yeah. they're not trying to do a reboot or anything. I love the idea that it's set 20, 30 years later. And of course, you get that great reveal in the trailer that the kids are Egon Spengler's grandkids. And they yeah. it, it looks like, uh, my my guess I said to Michelle was like, the world the, the world of ghosts has gone really quiet. So they've presumably well, they said- lost, the, they've lost the firehouse. And then Egon must have taken all of his stuff and stockpiled it in this this exactly. house. He's they got said in they the hadn't had seen a ghost for thirty years or something. Yeah. And then Paul Rudd's kind of reenacting what you know, showing them footage, which I thought was really good touch. Because um, yeah, you know, and it is funny because obviously Ghostbusters is late eighties. Um, you're talking forty years really. And although they had that kind of reboot with the female fronted thing, and that was a bit of a disaster, let's be honest. And not because it was female fronted, just because it didn't didn't it, it didn't work. You See, know, th- this is one of my big concerns about this. If this is received really, really well, people will automatically turn it around and go, "Oh, as soon as it's got a more male cast, I... this one's good." But it's nothing to do that. I was really excited when I saw the names attached because I well, love it's a, it's Kristen Wiig. She is brilliant, yeah. but that the script was diarrhea. It it was just uh... awful. Yeah, and mate, I like um, was it Paul Feig who directed it? Who did yeah. um, who did Bridesmaids, which I think is one of the best comedies. Well, pa- of the Paul Feig is one of the has been one of the most consistent comedy directors over the last like 10, yeah, yeah. 15 years. Most of the yeah, films he really does consistent. are really, really good. Yeah, and all the people involved. Obviously, there was a Saturday Night Live kind of um, pairing, and obviously Kristen Feig and Melissa McCarthy, and they're all funny actors extremely funny um but it just didn't work and even chris Hemsworth was actually quite a redeeming character in it he's doing his best bit do you know what i mean to try and make it work but nah it just wasn't right it's the epitome um, of you can't polish a turd because no, there was plenty it, of polish there but, it's smart yeah. now what they're doing like so halloween got rebooted but they just ignored all the other sequels and just went yeah. oh, this is from two onwards and terminator and as well this is, yeah, and, Terminator uh, and Terminator, just done that. everything else I've is an alternate seen, timeline. I've not seen it and it bombed, but actually Terminator was supposed to be the best of the sequels after two. And and fair play to them at least giving it a go, but I think they've realised now we it's had its day. It, it, that I mean? cow has been milked to death. Yes, exactly. And I think Ghostbusters could have gone that way, but I think, you know, only two original films. Previous is a new film. Um, from, you know, I think it's going to be a good 
good side of things. And obviously, Jason Reitman's going to do it justice, I think, in terms of, you know, it's a passion project for him. If you're going to have anyone involved, it's probably going to be him. He's a acclaimed director. He's done some good films, done Juno and stuff in the past. So, yes, I'm promising about, uh, you know, positive about that. And then if we're doing a tedious link... Well, ju- and- just before we move on with our tedious link, and the crucial thing is that the three remaining original Ghostbusters of all signed oh, on yeah. to appear. I mean, we knew Dan yeah. Aykroyd was in straight away. And yeah. then so was, what is Winston's... Ernie... <laughs> Ernie Hudson. Fun. Yes, and then well, Bill Murray was really, really late to the party. But yeah. from what I gathered, Dan Aykroyd just wore him down, and he was like, "Come on, you've got to do it. We need I him." I think back. Aykroyd's the one that's been pushing the project for a long time. Well, he, um, he, and um... oh, Jesus, he... no, e- Egon's name's just complete, and I'm ashamed of myself. Um, Harold Ramis. Thank you, Harold Ramis. Yeah, he and Dan Aykroyd, they were they were the ones that were trying to keep the Ghostbusters franchise alive, yeah. weren't they, for a long time, but they could never nail down a script that was no, in the Ramis right tone or that away, studios wanted. Know, passed away five the, years ago, didn't he, Ramis? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he was always the one. I mean, him and Bill Murray worked together so closely. I mean, he wrote and directed Murray in everything. They were very close together for a lot of years. Um and so it was quite sad. It never, you know, we never got anything else. But you look back and they still did such amazing work together, like Caddyshack and Groundhog Day and all that kind of stuff. And he obviously wrote the original Ghostbusters. So it's it's sad that he's not involved and he's not here to be a part of it. But if it's his blessing and Dan Aykroyd's, you know what I mean? That's kind of what you want to happen anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm anyway, cool. moving on with our very, even more now tenuous link to... Well, it was just Kirsten Wieg is, is also in Wonder Woman as a villain, yes. which is going to be quite intriguing because, you know, she, when she was cast, I was like, can't see it. And then actually the comic book adaptation of Cheetah, um, as she's known, is kind of fits that awkward alter ego-y kind of Peter Parker-esque is, is the tone I think it, I, I think it's got I don't know more especially character. since the uh, the rebirth over the last yes. few years where they've rewritten yeah. um, Dr. Barbara Minerva and now with the rewrite you can definitely see that like you say the Kristen Wig, awkward but still hot kind of yeah, thing. she has that vibe going on. Well, yeah. well, you see that in the trailer, don't you? She starts off really nerdy, but then she walks into a room and she's wearing this, you know, this black dress, and all of a sudden everyone's turning and looking, looking at her, and you get the impression that maybe that's when things have started to happen. Because without going too deep into it, yeah, th- there's a lot of mysticism around Cheetah's origin, and it's all to do with like animal gods and stuff like that, and she gets cursed. Well... So I think that they're leaning into the artifact kind of discovery in this rather yeah. than, do you know what I mean? So um, Pedro Pascal, who's all in vogue at the minute, obviously in The Mandalorian, um, is playing Max Lord. And I think he has some kind of psycho telekinesis powers yeah, or something. He, he's got yeah. he's got mental like telepathy powers. Yeah, and I think that'll stem from some kind of archaeological discovery is what they're implying. Well, you see so, in the trailer, don't you, when he says something yeah. like, if you, if, you, if you wish hard enough, you'll get everything you want, and he's holding this, like, rock or this stone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's heavily 80s-tastic. <laughs> you know it's what I always going to be with a title like Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, everyone just needs shoulder pads and, and poofed up hair. Everything was always going to be like this. Um, I, I'm 
obviously, you know, first one, I need to go back and watch that film, actually. I think I love the first three quarters of that film. I think the, the final act is a little bit of a letdown, which everyone always says. Do you know what I mean? That final fight was all a bit silly. But it's a good film. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's potential to, to kind of expand upon that. Um, and everything they've done in it looks kind of the right approach. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they've been quite patient over making it. They've not rushed into it because obviously the first film did really well. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's going to be some good stuff to come out of this, but I'm not reading too much into a trailer at this stage. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. And, and DC as, as a rule, and I think that's kind of the, uh, it's the kind of poison chalice, but it's, it's either you go in, go in, this is going to be batshit crazy or it's going to be incredible or it's going to be a mixture of two. And it's like, well, let's just see what comes out of it. I think with Marvel now, we're a lot more assured of what we're going to get. But actually the unknown isn't always a bad thing. If that's, you know, Aquaman was that, wasn't it? You go in going, well, I think they're going to throw everything at it. And you come out two and a half hours later going, yeah, they threw everything at it. (laughs) It's like, well, I had fun. Do you know what I mean? And that's okay. So, um, and they're doing that on the TV shows as well, aren't they, and stuff. So it's, yeah. it's all very much fun. It's it's a little bit more lighthearted now um, with DC, and I think they're just trying to shift the tone away from uh, Snyder. Um, we won't talk about um, that again, the Snyder Cut, because we've discussed it in the past. Um, I did like the fact you riled up a few people on Twitter this week. Um, yeah. Genuinely because... unintentional. I had no, in, no I reason to do they... it. It's because you put release the Snyder Cut. Oh, it's, it's because it's they're that, also like... butthurt about it, and people are trying to explain to me that I don't understand what it is. I, I understand oh, perfectly God. well. It's been two years since that film came out. They aren't going to finance the release of a second copy of a film that wasn't that well received. It's just not going to happen. It, it, from a business point of view, that would be spectacularly stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's no two ways around it. But yeah, we've got a lot of butthurt people telling us to keep our opinions to ourselves, you know, completely ignoring the fact that that's what Twitter's for, opinions. I agree. Ah, okay. people, you're all the worst. Apart from you guys, you're lovely old three of Yeah, them. and, well, exactly, all four of you, five of you that listen to this, but, um, yeah, I think there's a lot more news, there's a lot, a hell of a lot going on next year, a lot of TV talk and Golden Globes and all that, but we're, we're going to be here all night if we just discuss discuss news so let's move things along uh before let's do recommendations at the end so rick and morty um i am honest about this that i only watched this show a few months ago i'm amazed that i watched one of these things before you because normally i'm the late adopter well uh, and i was a late adopter because i only got into it around the time of season three so 2017. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I I just didn't know what. I don't know. There's a lot of animated shows that are kicking around. And I think I'd watch so much of like, you know, Futurama's great. But I've been watching so much of Futurama and Family Guy and all those stuff that I think I just didn't have much capacity left for something I thought was just a bit gimmicky. Um, because... It became a bit of a phenomenon, didn't it? It's one of those things. It's a little bit like Baby Yoda at the minute, where like things like Pickle Rick became T-shirts and memes and everything. And I saw, oh God, this is just one of those shows. And I thought, 
I'm not going to like this. And it was riffing on Back to the Future and all this kind of jazz. I was like, look, I don't know if this is for me. And I never gave it a chance. And then when I did, I went, God, what an idiot, because this is incredible TV. And it's not just the humour, which is obviously its mainstay um, and the kind of incredibly written characters, but there's actually a crazy amount of hidden depth in there. I know people don't necessarily come to Rick and Morty for that. I think it's like BoJack Horseman, isn't it? That's quite a deep show, isn't it? It covers some kind of real issues. Um, But this, you know, it covers loss, it covers kind of depression it covers some of these really heavy arcs but with such a sense of humor that you just don't really you feel like you're brainwashed you know what i mean like you know the modern pixar films where you come out and you go shit that's just brainwashed my kids into thinking about real world issues and thinking about death and loss and sadness and all this kind of stuff um but in in a way that they've come out having a great time so i don't know man i've got so much love for the show and the guys that make it i just think they've done something almost genius well i i tried to get into it straight away um because of the dan Harmon connection yeah because I, I love dan Harmon and always have done but when i first watched the pilot i really really hated it i just couldn't get into <laughs> it i i really I, I watched it i got all the way through and at the end i was like that was fucking awful and and I went away from it for a while, so for probably two years or something, and then wow. loads of people just instructed me and shouted at me and told me, you've got to stick with it. And the, the way someone yeah. got through to me was they said, it's like Parks and Rec. You've got to get okay. over that hump for the first few episodes because the first season of Parks and Rec was a hard slog. But then when you get to the second season, you start appreciating the first and that's exactly what I'm like now with Rick and Morty. Most of my favourite episodes when I was doing like a rough list, it was yeah. about three quarters of the first season. And I was just literally going, well, I love that one. I love that one. And then look through and it was like most of the first season. So yeah. I, I definitely think it, it was, a bit, at, at first it's a bit of a grower. But then once you're into it and once you get it, that's it. It's once you get it, isn't it? I yeah, think that's and some people just it. don't get it. Some people won't, right? It's not a show for everyone because they're just going to go, this is plain weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think if people just look at it and go, this is weird on every level. And I think you've got to get past that and go, yes, which, I mean, we love weird. So let's be honest. It's got to stand out from the crowd because there's so much out there right now that you've got to be different. Um, But it's so much smarter than people give it credit for this show you know it really is one of the best written tv shows kicking around to be honest because obviously it riffs on all the famous pop culture stuff that we talk about you know uh, Shawshank Redemption all the famous sci-fis obviously Back to the Future all this kind of great stuff in the past um but does it so differently um and just I don't know man I I think it's I think it's genius and I've loved watching every minute of it. I've watched most of them twice now um, because they're 20 minutes an episode and it's the kind of thing you need. And you're always, we're always talking about this. There's certain shows you need where it's 20 minutes and it really does just take you out of your headspace. You just kind of watch something. Yeah, you just switch off. Yeah, switch off, kick back, enjoy it and go, I just need a bit of Rick and Morty and I'll be happy again. You know, and, and it's it's... TV like that is is much harder to do than people will ever give it credit, you know. So 
Um, yeah, I, it's just been so much fun, man, and it's just such a wild show. And putting together this list, I mean, I'm not the expert. I've only watched most of these a couple of times. People have watched this through, what, 10, 15, 20 times? Oh, and the rest. And the rest, yeah. It's like one of those things like the American Office where people just watch it over and over and over again. Um, But it's been really fun putting together this list because there's so many quality episodes in there. I mean, there's been a few not-so-good ones, I think, along the way. But when you've been watching it like I have, back-to-back, you kind of just, you know, they wash over you a little bit. So... Um, but there's a few that stand out and you just go, I kind of just want to watch that again now because it's yeah. so good. <laughs> and I've done that a few times. Um, are we doing these in order or are we just going to hit it any order? Um, got... I, I was going to do, I've I've tried to get mine roughly in a top five, but it's, it's okay. pretty fluid apart from me. Number one is an absolute number one. I think I know what your number one is. but we I, I asked Michelle before and I said to her, what we were doing and she guessed four out of my five That's and amazing. i was very very impressed right so, you start us off then what's your number five? Oh, my number five was look who's purging now oh that's a good choice I, I i that was one of the ones that came up straight away so this was season two episode nine yeah where they uh they land on the purge planet with the rich people and the poor people and they've got those <laughs> amazing uh robot suits and it's one of the most horrifically graphic oh, ones that God got. is graphic yeah and the number of dead bodies and the number of things that you see get exploded and oh it's just amazing that's probably one of the reasons why i like it because it's just so horribly gross it's brilliantly gross isn't it let's yeah. be honest it's just like it's your you know post-apocalyptic horror but obviously done in a cartoon fashion that kind of means they get away with it but it's really brutal that episode Go on, what's yours? Um, Rick's Team Minutes, Season 1, Episode 8. Um, this is the first time they discover the um, different cable channels from all over the universe, every yeah. conceivable dimension. Um, and there's some brilliant things in here. So this, this episode is pretty much all ad-libbed, I think. So they, they made these things up on the spot. And some of the adverts are so funny. I like I just crying with laughter. So there's the dude with the ants in his eyes and the selling all of the I don't know electronic gears. <laughs> just he just it's just really really funny. Um, and then there's the guy that's selling the doors that aren't doors, and he gives the whole <laughs> sale pitch. You know, <laughs> it's fakedoors.com, and then. And then he, he walks off No, they're off not just set. fake doors. They're real fake doors. Real fake doors. <laughs> and he walks off set and goes into his car and goes home. And they're like, what's going, what's going on here? You know, why are they still filming him? And he goes and makes a sandwich and they keep watching. And then he rolls back onto the set again. And it's like, shit, this is still an advert. This is amazing. And then it's, it's so good because they're, they're flicking channels and it's such a kind of, that's what everyone does. Do you know what oh, I mean? I've like, just realised what else is in this. Go on. Oh, baby legs. Oh, baby legs. Oh, detective baby, baby legs. legs. Regular <laughs> legs. Um, and they're chasing that criminal. And I love, obviously, all the, the voices of the characters that are on the adverts of Rick and Morty, and it's just so well done. Um, but baby legs is, you know, he's quite a serious police officer until yeah. he tries to run. <laughs> he just <laughs> makes a noise. Just has been absolute <laughs> stitches. Um, 
it's also riffing on, you know, Rick shows them what their other lives would be like. So you've got Jerry, who's a famous kind of um, film star, um, who's on, on the late show, and the people they have on the late show are different aliens and different that, and it's really, really funny. And he's, he's in, oh, what's the film that he's in? Um, Cloud Atlas is in. He's doing the ridiculous lines from Cloud Atlas on the screen. Um, and it, it transpires that, you know, Summer's not got a life basically, because in all the other kind of universes, they don't get together. Um, and it plays out towards the end of the episode, and you see him, you know, on the run from the police, <laughs> basically half a, half a shaved head, coat up, a needle in his, in his chest, and he comes to the door, and it's, it's it's all kind of a really good finish to the episode, but I just yeah, it made me laugh so much. That episode I've watched that a few times, and that's um, one of the returning tropes, isn't it, from the series, yes. the uh, the interdimensional cable stuff. Oh, there's so many other adverts and so many other shows. What's the other one called at the end? Oh, there's the two brothers. You know, the two brothers. <laughs> it's like Fast and the Furious. Oh and yeah, just oh, it's so funny, and it just keeps throwing other things at them. It's like, and now they're fighting these, and now they're fighting. Um, Mexican umbrella sombrero aliens and all this kind of stuff and then it's just that and then the moon hits the earth and the guys look at the camera and go seriously is this what's going on um, it's really really funny um, yeah that episode just brilliant I'm just thinking about Ants in My Eyes Johnson now Ants in My Eyes terrifies me that with his pit stains and then he ever he sets fire to himself because he can't feel he can't anything. feel anything. <laughs> Everyone yeah. behind him is just stealing all the electronics <laughs> and stuff. It's really <laughs> funny. Right, number four, hit me. Number four, um, close Rick counters of the Rick kind. Nice. I haven't got that. So two two no crossovers yet. Oh, okay. So this is season one, episode ten, um, and this is when. Rick is arrested for crimes against yes. Ricks. Um, it's the, really good. Though. The main reason I like this was because of the ending, because it's when we first meet the first evil Morty. Yeah. So it turns out that the evil Morty was being was mind controlling his Rick to make it look like he was the mastermind, and the reason he was able to avoid detection for so long was because his secret headquarters was covered in Mortys. Because Mortys are basically so stupid that they block out um, the the method of detecting them. And I think it was the first time that we see the Council of Ricks, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's the first and time. And again, that, that's another another recurring trope from the, from the season. It's not just the Council of Ricks, but our Ricks, just genuine hatred for them. And he, he despises everything about them. And as far as he's concerned, he is the only Rick that anyone should give a crap about. Yeah. So yeah, that's my four. What's yours? Um, I'm gonna put it in there because I think the world would implode if it wasn't mentioned. So pick a Rick. Um, yeah. That's my number three. It's a classic action episode, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I know your little Rick over Pickle Rick. That's completely understandable, and I, and I completely see that. It's just such a it's such an interesting episode. So is it season three, this one, I think? I can't remember. Um, Pickle Rick is season three, episode three, yeah. So it's it's post the divorce, isn't it? And they're, Yeah, they're, this know, is he... once Rick's been established as the, the alpha male in the household and Jerry's moved out. 
Cherry being the alpha male is a really funny thing. Itself. Yeah. Um, but so basically, he turns himself into a pickle, and you wonder why. Um, and he has a, a syringe attached to a timer, and the scissors are going to cut the syringe, and he's going to turn back to normal. But they decide to uh, basically stop that happening, and he goes on a bit of a whirlwind adventure. Um, out into the sun, feels like he's going to die. I can't remember what he expresses. He says it's like, I don't know, it's like when a genius, something or other, um, dies on the toilet or whatever. Um, ends up in the sewer, and then you've got this incredible sequence of him um, kind of brutally fighting his way through uh, cockroaches. Oh, yeah, he, he, he lures one in with a little tiny bit of pickle juice. Oh, God. It's and then he bites its head and removes part of his, his head, and, and then he uses his brain, brain yeah, to, to control brain it. And then he, he builds this incredible exosuit out of rat yes. bones. and the, the fights with the rats is as good as any action sequence it's, in anything. It's <laughs> terrifying. And there's a large element of this, which is it's a big send-up of Die Hard as well, isn't it, as yes. well? That, that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. It it's feels just a very total much piss like it's, a, it's a total piss take of a classic action film. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's really good. And it's quite it's what they do really well in these episodes is you've got the dry kind of tone of like they're in the um the, with the therapist. Therapist, and then you cut back to Rick and there's these huge explosions going off. And he obviously he, he builds a jetpack, comes out the toilet and he's in he's in the kind of classic terrorist kind of house italian family mobster thing um and there's incredible fight sequences go on there he makes this amazing laser that he, he has one shot using like a duracell battery and has to change the battery every time <laughs> things that like blow people's heads off and then he comes up against the guy and just has this amazing fight sequence um it's an amazing episode it's just everything about it is so perfectly done but it all is about Rick trying to escape that part of his but life. That's the key thing, is, isn't it? No. He, he has this wacky so adventure. All of, this, all of this just to avoid having a conversation about abandoning his daughter. Do you know yeah, what? that's so it. Just like, He'd rather Christ. nearly die as a pickle than face a tiny, tiny slither of the real world. Exactly. And this exactly. is a lot of people's favourite episode, and you can see why. Because yeah. it, it has got a bit of everything in it. Yeah. So that is your number three? Yeah, that's my three. Okay, um, so my number three, which one am I going to choose? It got very tricky at this point. Um, I'm going to go Total Recall. Okay. Um, Total Recall is the episode when the um, the parasites invade their household and start to create false memories. So I think this is the episode we're introduced to Mr. Poopy Butthole. It is. So it's the it's first time we see him. Character. Um, in and amongst this, you've got some of the wildest imagination things. They just went absolutely to town. Oh, you've got, so you've got Frankenstein's monster. Pencil Vesta, Reverse pencil Giraffe, Vesta. Amish Let me do Cyborg. My favourite my favorite is Photography Raptor, yes. <laughs> who takes pictures of them at all given opportunities. You've got Tinkles, who is um, Summer's imaginary oh, the lamb. lamb. Um, you've got I don't know. It was amazing. Like, you've got Hammer you've got Eye. Mrs. Fridge. Mrs. Fridge, I think it is. Yeah. And, um, they're trying to think of the bad sequences and bad Ghost events in a that jar. happened. 
Ghost in the Jar is amazing. Um, you've got them transporting back to Vietnam. Oh, duck, duck really with muscles. Camp. It's just a big, giant, <laughs> typical yellow duck, and he's got these huge sailor arms. <laughs> You've got, um, I think you've got a samurai who's covered in meat. Yeah, that's hammerai. Because they flash back to the barbecue. Um, the flashback sequences are amazing. You've got sleepy Gary, yeah. um, who has that sexual affair with Jerry, and that's such an awkward sequence, oh, to be honest. Um, I just love it. I think it's just Rick and Morty. It's, it's kind of wildest. You know what I mean? It's that not... is definitely like when they've gone up to 11 in terms of the pure weirdness. Yeah, they've just gone, look, we want to make this episode. I just would have loved the pitch on this episode. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, what can we do in this episode? And they'll just go, right, we're going to invent all these characters. And they're all weird and wonderful. Um, and it's just absolutely hilarious. And it just keeps getting wilder and wilder. And then, obviously, towards the end of the episode, Beth shoots Mr. Poopy Ball. Oh. Because why would he be real? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, where's he come from? Why have they got these childhood memories? Um, but he survives. Um, and is he is he only replays an appearance in the later series, or is he in another episode? Um, I think he appeared at, at the end of either season two or season three was when he, he was a given... Lecturer? He's, yeah. Now he's Professor Poopy Butthole. Sorry. But he, yes. he he previously appeared, and I think he gave them a teaser of a Christmas special or something. Oh, nice. And he was doing nice. his usual, ooh-wee. <laughs> That's not bad. I love um, Mr. Poopy Butthole. He's so fucking funny. They just draw them so well. It's just, it's such a funny, funny episode. I, I, I love that episode. It's, it's, it really makes me laugh. Um, go on, hit me number two. Number two, Big big Trouble in Little Sanchez. Big that, Trouble and Little Sanchez, Little Rick. This is this is Tiny Rick. Tiny Rick! Sorry, Tiny Rick! It's mainly just because of the songs. I love the, the way songs your songs are just are like amazing. Smashing Pumpkins songs. The songs are amazing in this episode. And you've got um, oh, Coach Ferratu in it as well. Yeah. And... So yeah. the premise is he goes back to school with them. I can't remember. Is it to discover vampires or something? Yeah, to shield because yeah. um, there's vampires at the school, and this is also the one where Jerry and Beth go to this off-planet marriage counselling, and they've got all the. Uh, this is how you imagine each other, and Jerry imagines Beth as this huge, horrible, monstrous beast, and she imagines him as this tiny, horrible, maggoty little parasite that just whimpers everywhere he goes, and. Yeah. They've got this, it just details how profoundly shitty their relationship really is. It's so dysfunctional and so codependent, but it's so codependent that it actually works really, yeah. really well. But for me, it's mainly just about the songs that, that Tiny Rick sings. <laughs> and no nobody realizes that every single one of them is a complete cry for help and he really isn't happy and he wants to go back to his body. Yeah. Bless him. And he's listening to Elliot Smith as well, which, yeah, that's a bit of a deep cut as well for anyone that understands yeah. how Elliot Smith lived and died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's a great episode. Um, Tiny Rick is iconic, and I just, yeah, it's brilliant, man. Everything's starting to get a bit wild around, because this is season... This is season three as well. This was season two, episode seven. Okay. So this was sort of about two thirds, three quarters of the way through. Because when you watch this kind of 
there's quite a build up in these episodes, isn't there, in the seasons? Because it all kind of starts to they start to lose control a lot of the time. I know some of the episodes are quite um, out there, but a lot of the time it's like builds up and up and up. And this episodes, yeah, it's just one of those that really stood out at the time, and I've watched it back quite a few times actually since. So, um, yes, I it's one of those. I, I I've got a couple of others, so I'm probably gonna. It was probably my number two as well. I'll put it as number two. I think I know what your number one is, um, but mine will be different. So, yeah, what's your number one? Mine is Me Seeks and Destroy. Of course it is. It was never going to be anything else. So this is season one, episode five. And it is, of course, when we first meet uh, Mr. Me Seeks and we get the whole army of them and they start getting suicidal because they've never been designed to live for this long because Jerry is so he's so smug because he thinks that his request is so much easier than everybody else's. He just it's, wants to take a couple of strokes off his golf. It's that Rick keeps warning them, don't do anything complicated, keep these requests simple. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the whole thing about Amusigs is they come along, they solve your, your task and then they disappear. Um, but Yes, Jerry asked for a better, lowest handicap on his golf swing, and it just makes absolute chaos. Yeah, and everyone else's things happen really, really quickly with no problems at all, and yet yep. they almost end up, they get to the point where the me-seeks, because there's now, the me-seeks are having to get other me-seeks to help them because they can't do it, and they're all starting to get five o'clock shadows, and they all look like they're going through heroin withdrawal because they're, They've never lived this long in their entire lives. And then they decide that they're going to have to kill Jerry because it's the only way to do it. So it's, it, it was, it was it only was. ever going to be my number one episode. I actually bought Michelle a plushy Meeseeks for our, um, on our wedding day. Nice. And it sits Me-seeks in her car. It's just the voice, isn't it? It's just perfect. I'm not even going to try and don't, do it. But of course, the catchphrase it. of um, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me, has yes. become... As I, it's right up there in terms of pickle Rick and you know wobble over dub dubs in terms of how ridiculously quotable and memeable it's become. Yeah, and you know Rick and Morty at his finest was always it is it's a massive meme, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's it literally is built to be it's built for the social media age that we live in essentially. Yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah, and that is a huge part of it. Um. So my number one is um, the the Rick Shank Rick Demption, um, which I just I wrote down a few notes, but I just said this episode's got absolutely everything basically. So it's a kind of classic Rick and Morty episode where it's you know so much is going on. Do you know what I mean? So you miss a lot of the things that are going on in the background, and there's just so much happening, and it's Rick just using his mind to full capacity because he crosses and double crosses and triple crosses um and so rick is basically uh in an intergalactic prison at this point so this is season number three yeah this was this was one. the opener of season three yeah um and summer and morty are gonna kind of attempt to to rescue him um they take him to the Citadel of Riggs and decide to assassinate Rick. Um, but he basically tricks everyone in this. So he's using a kind of teleportation device by jumping from different person to different person, um, and getting different levels of clearance. And 
it just goes on to being this just incredible episode. I, I love this episode so much. Um, this the sequence where he's given Morty a fake gun um, and said during the standoff, you know, shoot me with this. Um, and Morty gets so wound up that he shoots him in the head. And he doesn't actually, you know, he doesn't kill him. Obviously, it's all part of Rick's plan. But he didn't, Morty didn't realise that the gun wasn't an empty, didn't look at the, the label on it. Because I think you realise at this point, Morty is so screwed up that he doesn't know what's right from wrong, what's up from down. Do you know what I mean? And that's the great thing about Morty's kind of character development is the kid is just, it's just a mess at this point. He's gone such a crazy adventure. Um on the side of this, I think it's um, Jerry and Beth are having the marriage counselling, I think, in this episode. Um, I think they right? are. And it's where they've got the kind of crazy, angry kind of major versions of themselves and it all kind of goes wild. It's just a kind of chaos episode. I love everything about it. Um, it also brought us back me, the... Um... The Szechuan chicken McNugget sauce. I was gonna say it's to me it's the it's the Szechuan sauce. So he, he first kind of introduces it um, to the alien when they're having that monologue and he's giving him the kind of fake spiel about it, and the the alien just keeps not listening, <laughs> just eating the Szechuan sauce by the bucket load. Um, and th- this this sort of then crossed over into real life where McDonald's did actually for a very very <laughs> limited time they did actually reissue. Incredible. the Szechuan sauce that just Incredible. goes to show the sort of influence that this has got where it actually made a real brand I just, I do love something the ending like of that the season uh, of the episode when it goes you know it's going to take nine more seasons we're going to get that Szechuan sauce that's what I'm here for yeah. I'm going to get that Szechuan <laughs> sauce and it just keeps going on and on and on um it's just a brilliant episode I just you know when they riff on obviously famous pop culture things and do it right there's not much better out there to be honest so yeah it's up there uh me six would have been somewhere close to my top five and there's a lot of other good episodes do you know what i mean i think um the apocalyptic one is that when morty gets the the, the big arm or is that a different one yeah that's when yeah oh, brilliant it's just brilliant i know you're not seeing mad max but it's, it's oh awesome. even i know it's yeah. a send-up of that exactly um other ones that kind of stand out for me before we move on to what other people said lawnmower dog I think I did actually have that episode. on my original top five. Yeah, you know when he, he's at Summer's in Summer's room, he's saying, "What did you do with my testicles, Summer? Where are they?" <laughs> it's like shit. This is yeah. so intense. With snuffles. Um, is it snuffles? Snuffles, I think. Um, yeah, when, when I did one... me first, just let me go and have a look at um, when it, when I first did it. Me four out of me five episodes were from season one. You know when Summer works I had for the devil. Park as well. Did you? And that's yeah. Park is a brilliant episode. Um, is it something wicked? Will this way come? Yes, yeah, something wicked. This way works, comes. This when she works for the devil. That's a really funny episode because they, him and um, they've just got a great like, standoffish. You know, um, Rick and, and the, the devil. It's just a brilliant interplay. It works really well. Uh, Rick sets up that rival store, which basically. Um, everything that he's death wished and he just <laughs> saves it and oh, it's just brilliant it's really really good all he does is he just wants to take the enchantments off things a lot of people like so morty night run is a really popular episode i know in season two 
yeah um, which is which is great and then uh, is it the auto erotic as assimilation and yeah that's that the, the one, one with where, and she takes she can just take any form yeah yeah so that's quite a popular one obviously get shifty get swifty so, see um, I, I actually don't think get swifty is even a good episode i think it's i don't got the think song. it is it's just got two one or two songs that people like yeah, yeah. um interdimensional cable two tempting fate is the second one where you get all the different shows and also it's the one when jerry is gonna um give up his penis uh which is just oh god yeah utterly bizarre um and people like the wedding squanches quite a lot which is the end of season two um did anyone say anything about um oh the ricks must be crazy the one with the miniature universes i don't think so so you've got the you have like the the mini universe and the micro universe and stuff and it's yeah, one yeah. inside the other and oh, the, the, i think people the, like the rick lantis mix-up is quite a popular one i seen when i looked online because that's got a lot of they go off to atlantis don't they um, yeah look at how the citadel was was rebuilt and whatnot um I think anything with a citadel is always popular, popular tropes because you yeah. get lots more Rick and Morty and all the different characters, you know. So, yeah. Um, but we've got no kind of votes for any of the newer episodes. But again, they've not been quite the same popularity. But I would say that all these kind of things take a while to get into your brain a little bit. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it, it's never an initial um, thing. I did quite like the old man in the seat. Um, it's really quite a harrowing episode, but I kind of liked it. Um, what, what did we get from social media? There was quite a few responses. Um, yeah, there were. Let me have a look. So, our good friend Sam Evans, Me Six and Destroy, The Rick Shank, Rick Demption, Total Rickall, Pickle Rick. And one of the interdimensional cable episodes. So, pretty much what we said. Um, what else have we got? Interdimensional cable. Best ones are Baby Legs, Two Brothers, and the Big Heads Eating Little Bits. Can't remember that. Um, the Two Brothers one, man, is just absolute genius. It is genius. Um, uh, we also had. Uh, Rick Lantis mix up, total recall, a rickle in time, me seeks and destroy, Ricksty minutes. Um, I think across the board, fairly unanimous, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? There's a few people that like different things, um, but quite a few think, people are having a lot of the same ones, aren't they? Yeah, there, there, there's a very so. small pool that people are sort of pulling from, and you can sort of see why. Yeah, and, and a lot um, of them are the ones that we've mentioned. For, for obvious reasons, the reason we like them is the same reason as everybody else likes them. They're yeah. either intensely personal ones or they're just... For me, the best ones are when they're just so stupidly strange and weird that yeah. there's no point in trying to dissect it or, you Which know, understand it. Which is the one when it. Summer's locked in the, the car that keeps killing people. Uh, that or was the, one of the ones the I just mentioned. That's the one with the, uh, the microverses and that. Oh, is it? Is that the microverse one? Yeah, where they go to get ice cream. Um, is that and, the one where they drop Jerry off at the um, the Jerry kind of? No, daycare? that's a different one where they drop Jerry okay. off at the um, at the the daycare for all the unwanted Jerry's. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, man, those shows. Um, Jerry is a kind of incredibly important character in a show that you wouldn't think is important. Do you know what I mean? He just seems to fit because he's just so oh, he's just so failing at life. Is it? You just feel sorry for him. He's just oh, desperately sorry for him. Because um, he is a, he is just a complete loser, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a complete loser. Um, Summer, I think, is is a good character, and I do like Beth quite a lot. Um, I didn't know Beth was voiced by Sarah Chalk. Scrubs, yeah, yeah. Who who would you say is like your favourite? One of the smaller characters that's not in it that much. Um. So is he is he Hawkman or is he Coulson? Oh, else? Birdman. Birdman. I quite like Birdman because he's just very different. Um, and he's very straight, but some of the lines in there just absolutely crack me up. Um, oh god, I can't think. Now you say that, what about you? Well, I I love Mr. Poopy Butthole, and I really like Noob Noob. Even though all Noob Noob does is just go, God damn! Oh yes, <laughs> in course. the um, oh the piss take of the Justice League one. Oh, Jesus, I can't yeah. remember what they're called. Um, there's a lot of characters in this, but it's quite clever because they there's a lot of Rick and Mortys. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of different Rick and Mortys throughout this, um, and there's not a lot. I wouldn't say there's huge amounts of reoccurring characters. Do you know what I mean? I, I think a couple of the um, the black teacher is quite a humorous character. Oh. Oh, is his name Vagina or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm going to have to very, very quickly. Uh, new Tara Strong would be... Oh, Mr. Golden, Mr. Goldenfold. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm sure I thought his name... Oh, no, is it the principal? I think I'm thinking of the principal. I think the yeah, principal's got be. a stupid name. Yeah, you might be. Um... I don't know. There's so many different characters. Yeah, it is. It's, it's principal so vagina. That's. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of at Harry Herbs. Yeah, in high no, school. I can't think of the. Um... Oh man, there's so much great as well. Like uh, Christina Hendricks did Unity. Jermaine Clement plays Fart. Um... Oh yeah. <laughs> um... I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to try and get um, Goodbye Moon Man as the as the intro music for this. Yes, one. that'd be amazing. Um... And it's just one of those shows that I think will just keep going on and on and on. And, and you know, yeah, a couple of dips, but I think it'll go from strength to strength because they are genuinely creative guys, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're oh, just they are. really, really amazing. And, and because it's so so heavily entrenched in, in sci-fi, the sky's the limit. Yeah. They are only limited by their imagination. And Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon have got the most warped, demented imaginations that you can think of. So there's there's probably nothing that they can't make an episode out of and then yeah, just turn it up to 11 and make it so weird, especially Dan Harmon. The guy's got issues and his issues <laughs> have got issues, but it works for his creativity. Well, you know, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it's... it's he, he had me hooked from, just from community. Kevin Richardson did Frankenstein, Hammer Eye and Mrs. Refrigerator. Um, some of the people that popped up and done a few of the voices just do like multiple voices in one episode, and it's just perfect. Like it's really. Do you know in the latest episode, Dan Harmon was the um, the voice of the wizard that binds oh, all the dragons. 
Oh, it had me in stitches when he's whipping him. He's going, slut, slut, <laughs> slut dragon. Who does Tiger play? Tiger's in one of them, isn't he? Tiger pl- was the voice. Glutey. I can't remember who Glutey is. He was the uh, the guy that wanted to make an app, wasn't he? Oh, of course at, he was. At the start of, start of this season, oh. he was like, do you, do you want to make an app? Oh, of course it was. I thought it was really funny. Actually. The old man yeah. in the seat, the one about the toilet. Yeah, he just, oh, yeah, that's a good character. And they just keep getting such great people involved. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 obviously very popular and it's hugely pop culture, but, like, a load of people just want involved, you know, because they know how good it is. So, yes. Um, oh, man. I, I didn't could be think... a lot more to talk about. But, yeah. You know, it's one of I didn't things. think we'd be able to talk about it for an hour. John Oliver did a voice. He was. He I was, know Jordan Peele did a voice. He was Doctor Bloom in Anatomy Park. Anatomy Park is a, is a great episode. Actually, Tom it's Kenny, a lot goes on in that. Who is the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants? He's actually the voice of Squanchy. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, Christina Hendricks was Unity. I did not know that. No. Um, Christian Slater was Vance Maximus. That's in the Vindicators Three. Uh, okay, yeah. That's the one I couldn't think of. Lance Reddick, he was Alan Rails. He was obviously he was their Green oh, Lantern. Elon tape. Musk. Elon Musk is famously Elon Tusk. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's literally just Elon Musk with tusks. There's no know, difference. It's genius. Irene <laughs> Jacobs was in the Vindicators as well. She was the voice of Supernova. Yeah, Nathan Fillon was someone as well. Corn Viglius, Daniel, I can't remember. It was one of the episodes I mentioned, I think. Um, Joel McHale was in one. Danny Trejo. Peter Serafinowicz. I knew him. He was the... um, He stands out. He's the agency director in... um, Thomas Middleditch was in there as well somewhere, isn't he? Um, Yeah, he was the... He was uh, Thomas... uh, Tommy... Someone over there. Lip... Kick, lip, kip, lip, nip, maybe something like that. He was the, the, lip, the, nip. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Elon Tusk. Now. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, mate, Patton Oswalt as well, Stephen Colbert, Pat, Pat Jim Rash, Nathan Fillion, Tyker, Jeffrey Wright, Matthew Broderick was the talking cat in the, the latest episode. He's the toilet, isn't he? Jeffrey Wright's one that wants to use the toilet, yeah. And then Liam, Cumming- Liam Cunningham, of course, was a uh, Balthamar, the the yes. dragon in the latest one. So, I mean, that's a Brilliant. hell of a list going through that. That's mad, isn't it? You've got everyone who's anyone at this minute in time, you know, wanting to do voice work. Um, I, I saw Alan Tudyk is in there somewhere, obviously, because as we mentioned earlier on on Twitter, he's the best man of voices in in the world. Let's be I, honest. I actually can't find him on the list I'm looking at. He's definitely in it. He's definitely in it. I can't remember who he plays, but he's definitely in an episode. Oh. He plays Chris. Chris episode. in the Ricks must be crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he's, his voice... He's the president he of do, the microverse. He could do anything, though, couldn't he? Do you know what I mean? You, you, just, you, you couldn't know it's him. Yeah. I mean, he's come a hell of a long way from being um, Steve the Pirate. Arr. I watched that not long right. ago. Did you? Oh, yeah. it's such a good film. It's it it, really it good still film. holds up. It holds up really well, actually. Yeah, it, it holds up really well. Um, I might have to watch that scene. It'll, it's good over Christmas kind of fair, I think. Um, 
Right, that's been fun. Um, so we will do what we've been watching shortly. Um, we're going to do close off the year, do some stuff about the decade and probably about 2019 for some of our favourite stuff we've been watching. We'll probably that's do it as a list again, won't we? Pick like our top three or top five oh like God, there's so much shows, games. There. I mean, I, I don't even know if I could pick five games. I don't think I've played I, five games. I could pick three at most. I think probably I could probably... Let, let's three. make it top threes then, otherwise it'll I'm just, just going to say the untitled Goose game three times anyway, so I don't even think... I am definitely going to buy that, but I want to oh, get, like we were saying before, I want to get it for the Switch, not the PS4, because I want to be able to play it around the house. It plays really well on the Switch. It's only short games and like three hours, but it's 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 a good game. Very, very funny. Um, What have you been watching lately? So, yeah. All, all the usual. Um, so what, you're watching Crisis on Infinite Earth. The big thing, the big, the big five part uh, CW crossover. That's my main thing at the minute. Because um, is it one every night this week? No, there was two, two this week. I think there's okay. one more tonight, which is the Flash, and then it actually Gosh. goes on a break. Gotta give you credit for keeping up with all these shows, man. It's huge dedication at this point yeah. because there's so much of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. I'm so out of touch. I, I lost the Flash years ago, and the Arrow is it Arrow finally finishing. Uh, it's finishing next year. It's only got a half season. It's basically finishing after Crisis. It's only okay. got like ten or eleven episodes. So there's going to be Crisis. Then I think there's two more episodes after it. But the best thing that's on at the minute for me is is Watchmen. And we, we've already said when the season's finished, we're going to try and use that as our first opportunity to get. Uh, some of our friends on to to talk yeah, about I, it. I watched a good chunk of them, and then I need to go back. I'm going to watch them again from the start before it all ends. I think because it's a it's heavy, isn't it? There's it's very to... very heavy. There's a lot to process, and there are yes. so many things that happen, either visually or or that that, that people say that just yeah. go completely over your head if you're not paying attention. So it's definitely all, one all that the, you really need to focus on. Um, with uh, what's his name, Doctor Manhattan? Um, it, just so bizarre. Do you know? Yeah. What I mean? You need to kind of watch him again, just for I don't know what the hell's going on. Kind of status. You, you um, do. You just need to soak it all up a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely one to put your phone down and make sure that no one's going to disturb you for the four yeah, hour exactly. that you're watching. Yeah, Walking Dead's finally finished for this half the season. I don't know. I think I've watched. I, those. I must admit, I, I'm kind of glad when I check on me. I have a website that tracks all my TV shows, and when I check yeah. on a Monday morning, I don't miss. You know, oh, when man. The Walking Dead comes up, it becomes a bit of a. It's become a chore. Let's be honest. It, it has. I'm only sticking with it now because I've put so much time into it. I know. We're both. I, being I, very, we're just waiting um, for it to finish, aren't we? So we can. Yeah bury it and, say and a we, few we words and then say, leave it. yeah we tried to be positive about it but it's lost it this season again completely it's just um, so hit and miss some of the episodes are really good but then no. the others are just really flattened well and also they're trying to do this this high-end like shooting of it where they you know the action shots are all like in slow motion now and stuff. i'm like this is shit do you know what I mean? Just stick to what you were good at. You're yeah. just trying to make some kind of martial arts film. It doesn't work. Um, it just all got a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that's over for a while. Um, I've been watching Silicon Valley from start to finish. So I watched about two weeks ago, started it, and I'm almost on season six. All so right, okay. Well, it, it so, is only short, but it's a fantastic show. I love it. I absolutely adore 
adore it. I think the characters in there are amazing. I, I didn't know what had happened to Ehrlich, um, TJ Miller, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it was all the controversy around him that is the reason he probably got kicked off the show. It I was think. definitely because he he was one of the one of the stable he was, characters. He was certainly but then a, a Me Too. Um, yeah, a, a lot of things came out about him that were incredibly. And uh, judging on, on his character, that wouldn't be necessarily a massive surprise if he's quite like that in real life, because he's yeah. a very inappropriate dude, it would seem. So, it, well, um, yeah, and as soon as all that came out, it, he was dropped like, yes. like a bag of t- like a bag of shit. So, and he, he's, he's never been seen gigs, since, but not on that show. And it was a bit of a shame because he's obviously a staple on the show, but obviously it happened how it happened. Um, I'm a massive fan of Kamal Nanjiani. Um, and uh, Martin Starr. Martin Starr. Martin Starr's the, uh, no pun intended, but he's the star for me. Their, their relationship, those two together, is just hilarious. Oh, like, Gilfoyle um, and Dinesh is just yeah. the best bromance that you've have, ever seen because they do like each seen, other, but they oh, just they act like, like they hate each other. Um, I've just got past the points of all the Tesla, uh, Tesla stuff, which is just genius. Oh, it's yeah. really funny. Um, have you ever seen um, The Big Sick, which is Kamal Nanjiani's? Uh, written and directed film no it's on prime you'd really like it it's a kind of autobiographical thing it's really it's oh, a yeah. comedy but you, you would really like it holly hunters in it and uh ray romano and they're really good in it, it they play his um wife to be's parents and she his wife um or at the time girlfriend goes into a coma and it's 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 a really good film Trust me. I'll have to check so, that out. Uh, yeah, you would really like it. Um, he's he's an interesting guy, and obviously, um, not just Thomas. Is it Middle? Or you mentioned his name before, didn't we? Um, Middle Witch or Middle or something or other. But who's the guy? Let me just look him up. Who plays his kind of number two? Who's the most awkward character I've ever Jared. seen? Jared. Yeah. yeah, he is amazing. He is an amazing character. Um, the fact he is, if he fancies it, he's got women by the bucket load. <laughs> Even though it's the most awkward, difficult, it just it portrays Silicon Valley in such a way that feels quite real. Do you know what I mean? Because Hooli is obviously a riff off anyone, isn't it? Google, Facebook, whoever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's just such a really well written show. It's a really well put together show. I've loved watching it. Um, I'll be kind of gutted when it's over because it's just finished, hasn't it? Yeah, um, the the last episode was this week, and it's a, re- a it's a real shame. I've watched recently that have run out of steam a little bit, so I can kind of understand. But it has moved with the times. I'd say it's been quite progressive. Um, you know, because you had the video chat stuff and the Skype stuff, and then obviously all the kind of internet stuff and all the other things they've been building around. So it does move with the times. It's felt like watching it now, you can see the way technology has gone in the last few years. I think they've been really, it's really well put together. I love yeah. it. It's really good. Um, and I think that's about it. I haven't really been playing any games lately, which is sad to say. Um, I've only been playing Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen yeah. Order. And which... films-wise, not so much. I've been trying to catch up on some of the years. Films that I've missed, but um, it's mainly TV. Um, my life is consumed a bit with TV at the minute, so I'm just trying to keep up. I I tried. I've been trying to rewatch all the Star Wars films, but oh, I it, have done most it, of that. It's yeah. just been getting so difficult. I've watched the first three, and then I've just finished Rogue One today. But I think I'm going to have to skip ahead 
and then watch The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi because I want to get them watched before the new one. I'm going to watch Empire. That's going to be... I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back and watch them if I get time. It's just I want to make sure so I watch I the did, most recent two. What I did... So a while ago, I rewatched Force Awakens and Last Jedi just because it had been quite a long time. So I had watched them and then I, I haven't watched these in any order and then I watched the original three um, but I haven't watched the prequels. Um, in hindsight, I didn't realise how busy it was going to be and I should have just started with Rogue One yeah. then watched the original three and then the most recent two. Cause... I've watched Solo quite recently. I know it doesn't link to Link but I, I do like it a lot. Um, but I need to watch Rogue One. I think, uh, and I think yeah, I still need to watch Return of the Jedi. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try and watch a couple this week ahead of Friday's um, pretty pretty exciting showing, I would imagine. Um, not heard anything about it yet. I'm sure people have seen it, but there's been no talk. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Exciting. Um, so, yeah, so that's us for another episode. Um, we might squeeze one in before Christmas. We might get a Star Wars out. Maybe. If we're lucky, yeah, because um, we're, we'll, we're going we'll watching it together, aren't we? Next week, yeah, we are. So that will be next Friday, the twentieth, Jesus of December. So yeah, yeah, with any luck, we might be able to do a Monday night episode on the twenty third, um, and try and try and record it. But it's going to be cool. I'm excited to see it. Um, and then there's a lot more to come. Like I said, Watchmen in the new year. We'll do a 2019 stroke, maybe a decade, a decade kind of show. Um, and then loads more to come next year. We'll probably come circle back around to Rick and Morty and some of the other good stuff that we're talking about and The Boys Season 2 is out quite early next year is the yeah. talk because it's all wrapped and, and there's been a trailer and stuff so they really are producing this TV at pretty quick rates at the minute because it's uh, smart work Amazon I would say so I'm excited to, to watch that as well yeah so I think on that note um Thanks for listening. Let us know your favourite Rick and Morty episodes and if there's anything you think we should be watching. We can always try and squeeze things yeah. into our schedule. We are and... watching Mandalorian as well. Um, yeah. Perfectly legally, we obviously fly off to America every week to catch the episode and then fly back. Yeah, um, using our corporate it's, jet. It's been, it's been very um, interesting. I like it. I, I think there's more to come and I think season two will be when it kind of all kicks off. It's yeah, me too. But, I think um, they're just testing the waters for now. But we'll I we'll probably so. cover that once the season finishes. Uh, yeah. Rather than will. doing a weekly thing. Yes, certainly will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All so good. thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Oh yeah, you gotta get swifty. You gotta get swifty.